0: this is kirby shibaga this is near of the thigh
1: and along with our program director steven shu i'm vinay narine and welcome to xrc pod your podcast for all things xr and today we're going to be talking about what happens when you combine hr and vr or as we like to call it human reality and more importantly transforming human interaction in the workplace and we have some two really exciting guests with us today, Navjeet Sheenas, the CEO and founder of Genius Ventures, and along with Mara Berezowski, the VP of Global PR for Genius Ventures. Uh, Welcome guys, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having
3: us. Hi, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, super excited to have you guys. Uh, Questions, real quick questions for everybody before we really get into the meat. Have you guys picked up any new hobbies
3: or bad habits uh, during COVID? Uh, during COVID, yeah, I've learned how to work out without a gym. <laughs> Always a challenge. Yeah, did you lose all your gains? Uh, no, For I, I kept pretty, uh, pretty decent. I ordered some weights offline and I ordered some, some tension bands that you attach to your doors. So mm-hmm. I was able to, um, I was able to do all right. My gym's open now, but I, it was a huge sigh of relief. It's, it's, um, wearing masks and social distancing, but, uh. Yeah, it. Uh, I did learn how to work out without the gym.
2: So any good or bad habits I picked up? I actually dropped a few bad habits. So I quit. I actually was able to quit uh, smoking and drinking during COVID. Because um, once COVID hit, um, we work in the XR industry. We got really busy. And from there on, and then we committed ourselves to the Global Nature Summit. So really had to focus in. And yeah, I've been much healthier and more productive since COVID hit. So it's actually a game changer in a good way for me.
1: Wow, I think you guys are both the outliers, uh, two very successful habits. Uh, for me, uh, I actually picked up uh, some good ones, but also some ones that um, bad habits that I enjoy. I, I'm, I'm addicted to eating a full bag in each sitting of these chicken and waffle flavored chips. But the chips are made out of like chicken breast and tapioca starch. But I can't stop eating the entire bag in one sitting. So now I don't even try It's I know that one bag per day is what's going to happen.
2: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Where do you buy these?
1: Um, just like I think most of my stuff now is Amazon. Yeah, I've kind of transferred buying stuff everywhere else, and now I kind of search for I, I search for the healthiest junk food I can find. But it doesn't
4: really matter if you eat that much amount of food. <laughs> <laughs> my failed, my 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 bad habit. I I've gotten into furniture making, and it's going really badly. Uh, <laughs> I made a chair, and I um fell over it broke as soon as I sat on it so I think I need to get a little better
0: (laughs) how many legs did it have
4: Uh, well it had four legs but uh the problem is uh wasn't the most sturdy (laughs) piece of
0: equipment so one one habit that I got into which is I think good is actually for the most part taking an hour for lunch every day during the weekday that's that's something I never did when I was in the office. Nice, awesome.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, especially I'm sure you're, we're all working a lot more now too. So I think taking that uh, time for ourselves, it's yeah, it's it's really needed. So guys, Genius Ventures, what what is all that about?
3: So Genius Ventures, uh, me and my business partner, just a, a lot of our idols that uh, you know came from back in the day, like Nikola Tesla for me especially, and Steve Jobs and there are a few for my business partner Alfred. Um, you know, a, lo- a lot of uh, great people that he looked up to, uh, men and women throughout history. And the one thing they had in common was, uh, yeah, they're all in our eyes geniuses. And so we wanted to have a company. Uh, you know, for me, I have Steve Jobs pointing at me right now. There's a there's a photo of him above our uh, <laughs> above the whiteboard there. And so j- just always remembering that uh, you know th- this is there's some great. Uh, men and women who have uh, done a lot to change the world. And that's what our mission was when we started this company in in a way that, uh, you know, we wanted to use immersive tech to change the world. So uh, hence came Genius Ventures. That's
1: pretty cool. Um, You know, and Mara, you have such a big responsibility by being the VP of Global PR. Um, These are one of these roles, especially in emerging technologies. uh, Well, you're responsible for really getting the word out and understanding uh, how to explain the value prop, the, the opportunities, and really making those connections is kind of emerging field. How did you get into XR?
2: Um, when I moved back, so in 2015, I moved to Amsterdam to pursue my dream of working in the music industry, uh, doing marketing communications. Um, so I landed a freelance job working for some of the top companies in id and and festivals like Mysteryland, Tomorrowland Sensation. And then when I moved back um, from Amsterdam to Vancouver, I met Navjeet and he introduced me to augmented reality and showed me um, the future of marketing and I was completely sold. And then um, I started working for Genius Ventures and then we started getting into the virtual reality stuff and then that's when it was just my mind, my world was completely changed moving forward.
1: That's amazing. Any any advice uh, for companies that are really trying to differentiate their brand or even get attention, especially now during COVID where um, there's opportunities, but at the same time, there's a lot of kind of angst uh, around closing those deals. Yeah,
2: definitely. What, um, some tips. Unique and exclusive content. Um, definitely press releases are dead. Um, and it's all about unique and exclusive content right now. And that's what I'm finding the most success. So especially working in XR, like we're doing, instead of doing an interview, you know, like we're doing right now on Zoom or a call, doing an interview in virtual reality, doing podcasts in virtual, in virtual reality. So that's where we're moving forward with our marketing uh, tactics
1: yeah that's great uh especially i think doing more and more stuff in more of an immersive space i think is, it's 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 always fun for the the speakers the attendees um but what about uh, investing uh nav is is, in, is investing kind of drying up uh, or is there still a lot of opportunities uh during during this time
3: so what i'm seeing is there is a lot of opportunities um now you, you know in the investing world it, it's all about the what the value prop is of a company um you know and what we're starting to see in a post-COVID world there's gonna be a lot more problems that need to be solved and using immersive technology i feel there's gonna be a lot of platforms popping up that solve some of these problems right uh so we're uh, you know we, we do a lot of work in the sale in the real estate space and we've um based on some of this the stuff we've done we've kind of uh we've uh, narrowed a few things uh, a few of our activations into platforms and same as what we're seeing a lot of other brands do is if they can really hone in on solving some of the challenges that have come out of COVID and they can solve it in a way that's scalable and a way that can uh, you know impact a lot of people uh, especially for investment the the opportunities are ripe for both the investor, uh, the investor and the people starting the company.
1: Well that sounds really promising and especially you know when you think about opportunities um, and it's a big reason why we're here today is um, Working from home, its a, it's been quite a bit of a challenge, right? Um, and as, especially as we extend uh, working from home, there's a lot of things that you can't really put on hold and we have to try to figure out new ways of doing this. But um, from you guys, w- what is the current state of the workplace? Uh, it seems like you know there is a, a, either a love or a hate uh, aspect of working from home. And I'm sure there's also new challenges that um, are are coming up as well.
3: So uh, for me, I, I came back to Vancouver to start a, a, in a physical office. So we have a physical office in Los Angeles, but um, one of the things I found was, so coronavirus hit and instead of starting a new office, we have made um, a series of hires since coronavirus started, but now everybody's working remotely. And so for us, we're starting to, one, we, we really enjoy the fact that, you know, um, it, I'll just give you examples. We've been able to put on this global HR summit, which we're going to get into later. We're putting this on with 24 people I've never met in person. And I've only met them in virtual reality. So we've basically been able to set up the infrastructure for a summit that can handle 10,000 or more people uh, with 30 different speakers. And we've done this entirely remotely. And so coming out of this, uh, we've mandated that even our sales meetings, our trainings, everything that's going to happen at Genius is going to happen virtually because we've realized some of the the huge benefits from it I can't be in the same room. I haven't seen my business partner in seven months, which is the longest I haven't seen him. But we meet in VR five times a week. I can see where his eyes are. I can see where his hands are. Um, The amount of empathy you develop and the amount of collaboration you can do, even just from shooting hoops in alt space together and having a conversation. It's just so natural, right? And so, um, you know, we've gotten to the point where we feel that this is a huge benefit because one at home you're in a you're in an environment where you're comfortable you're able to like you were saying take an hour long lunch and start taking care of yourself you know for me i've been i've got you know I've, I've meditated for the last 5 years but i'm able to hop into meditation three times a day if i need to cuz you know in the vr space it's getting super busy i'm working 15 hours a day 7 days a week sometimes and it allows me to pursue the things that are that really are good for me like eating healthier because i'm I'm not at the workplace and I have to grab whatever restaurant is within a one kilometer proximity so I can get back to the office and and get back to work, right? You know, cooking healthier meals, going for walks in between, doing meditation, like stress reduction. So for us, um, you know, a a lot of the people at Genius Ventures heavily into meditation, heavily into living a healthy lifestyle. So for Genius Ventures itself, it's been fantastic, you know? And uh, I'm sure Mara has some stuff to add on as well, because. She, she's got a few very good practices as well
2: <laughs> yeah well if anyone knows me they know i'm a homebody so covid was very easy for me to adapt because i'm always working from home and working remotely even when i was working in europe i worked uh freelancing mostly um so yeah for me um it's all about the workstation and your workflow and having that balance of work and yeah mindfulness um so yeah for um Yeah it's all about having like uh, for me like also I practice a daily morning routine to set myself up for success so every morning I take about an hour of my day before I answer my phone before I check my email and that hour I set myself up for success with meditation working out um, daily affirmations and such and then yeah so yeah working um, since COVID hit and be able to work remotely I've been able to have that time to ensure I do my morning routine and and then yeah, between work taking work breaks, I live right near a forest, so I just go um take a hike every ah uh, every few hours and such, and clear my mind and listen to my audible books. So yeah, it's been it's been really great actually for for me.
4: Now, so um you you mentioned you hired a few people during during the um, uh, pandemic, with the move to telework, and, and also going back to your the the conference that you're the planning, I, I think some of the mo- key times people interact with HR is on hiring um on orientation um how has that process gone for you guys and uh has it been easy to get the get the new hires oriented to the corporate culture um no so for (laughs) us
3: uh, it's uh, it's a lot easier than we thought it was so uh, a lot of the people we hired were actually colleagues of people that um that already worked for us so one it was a a little bit easier as opposed to finding um just random people to come work but for us, it's really about, like, at Genius Ventures, we, uh, we're all about culture as well. So we treat everyone here like family. So the first things we do before we even get into work, before we do that, is just like you guys did on this podcast, is we get to know everyone, and we get to know how they work best, and um, in what situations they work best, and how they can be most effective and efficient. So when we really, like, when we hire, we figure out what people's, like, long-term goals are, short-term or career goals, and see... What they want to accomplish with Genius, and we make it easy enough for them to basically, you know, uh, stick with us in the way that they want to stick with us. You know, the, a lot of the guys that we hired um, during coronavirus were engineers and artists. We try to keep a very uh, lean business uh, where there's a lot of people that that took some losses during coronavirus, having huge operational expenses, right? And so for us, uh, we kept it very lean, only hiring uh, where we needed to. But the hires that we had, whether it was meeting them in a Zoom call initially and then just asking, hey, if you have a virtual reality headset, let's just meet in virtual reality. And the people we met in virtual reality, especially some of the engineers and artists, it was a lot easier. You know, we got to start interacting. We got to shoot some hoops with them and just really got to know them. And uh, like I said, I've never met the guys that uh, that we've hired, but they've knocked out a few projects for us for, for Fortune 100 companies. Right. And the 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 amount of um, uh, I guess the amount of trust you need for someone to be able to handle projects at that scale is it's it's a bit scary hiring someone remotely to be able to handle a project but um, because they're well referred and because we've seen the quality of their work and because we're able to integrate them and um, you know we we were able to do these projects in a great way which has now um, forced us to reevaluate how we'll be hiring in the future as well because before we typically did hire within the uh, within Los Angeles, the Los Angeles County area. And so now we've got people in New York, we've got people in Chicago, we've uh, picked up a few people in the UK and they've worked very well with us. And now it's allowed us to expand our team to an international team as well, working in a few different time zones as uh, as opposed to just being limited to the Pacific or the Eastern time zone. So for us, it's it's been a huge advantage. It allowed me to step out of my comfort zone and start making hires. Um, remotely and it's worked out really well and I I think the key for anyone wanting to hire remotely is to ensure the person fits within your culture and the values of the organization because there's a lot that you know it's you got to trust with someone working from home you you can't uh, unless you're one of those employers that's watching them through a webcam or watching their computer screen which I don't think establishes much trust is you got to make sure someone fits within your culture because then they'll they'll want to work from home. They'll want to be performing the full eight or nine or 10 hours. And like we've seen from our team now from this global HR summit is most of our team, none of them are being watched. We check in with them, you know, once a, once a day, once every two days, and they're putting in 10, 11, 12 hours where we're getting to the point they're burning themselves out and we're telling them to stop working. And, and, <laughs> don't, and we had to do this two weeks ago. It's, our team was going so hard. I had to tell them that they had to take Saturday off and I'm like, what a good team where I have to tell yeah. my my own uh, uh, you know employees and colleagues to take the weekend off, right? So I, I think it, it comes down to just how you hire and how how well um, they integrate into your culture, and then it, it shouldn't be a problem because a lot of people, a lot of people are very comfortable working.
1: Yeah, that's really great i think you touched on some some things there that i think um, in addition to the initial hiring process it's really also really about the culture it's been one of the challenges especially during um and pandemic is to build and maintain that culture culture is really important because it's really about putting the people first and not just treating them as an employee or as a source of work and i think that's why xr and hr combined is so important really xr is really about immersive interaction and hr hr is really about the person Um, When you guys see some of these tools and interactions, what are some good best practices to think about um, as we look to XR in HR to establish more rapport, more culture, and more positive work environments?
3: So um, in terms of like XR and HR, more more positive work environments – Like we're saying, same thing. It always goes down to like an icebreaker and it always goes down to really making someone feel comfortable in these immersive work environments. So what we're doing is uh, I'll give you a prime example. So our speakers that are going to be speaking at the summit, uh, 30 something of them never have spoken in virtual reality, have never even been in virtual reality. They didn't even know what it meant to, uh, you know, put on, uh, some of them didn't know what it meant to put on a headset and be on the stage in virtual reality speaking. So what we did, we invited all of them to meet us for training in virtual reality. So one, it's all about the customer journey as well, or your client journey, or uh, the person you're interacting with, their journey to how they even put on their headset first. So when when they get their Oculus or the Vive or whatever HMD that they're using, we get them to call us and we guide them through first how to put it on how to connect to the internet the two simplest things they can really just turn someone off from vr they put on a headset they're like oh, i can't get i can't get onto anything because one they haven't connected to the internet right so we guide them how do you connect your headset to the internet and then next we say all right take this tutorial or come into alt space or come into trip vr or you know I guess I'm just freely promoting a lot of apps right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you, it up. if you guys want to pay me out there, let me know. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, we, we try to take them through a, a very simple experience first. And then um, typically because we're hosting this event in Altspace right now, we get them to come meet us in Altspace and we train them how to walk around, how to move around, how to use your hands. And then we train them on some of the speaker tools, how to use the megaphone how to mute the audience, how to mute yourself. And this way, before they ever step on stage, we've made them very comfortable with the environment, made them very comfortable being in virtual reality. And then we should take them to a mock stage and show them how to speak in virtual reality as well. This is a stage you'll be speaking at. This is where the audience will be. This is where the other panel members will be. And then all of a sudden, someone that had no clue about VR an hour earlier is not an expert, but they know how to, Put on their headset. They know how to make it into alt space. They know how to get to the stage, and they know exactly how they're going to speak. Right. So for, our HR and VR and XR, it's going to be very important about taking into consideration the customer journey. So if they're in VR, how do they get into VR? And how do you show them how to even interact and use the tools that are available in VR? Because if not, you're going to scare you're going to scare someone away by just sending them a headset and saying, "All right, meet me in this space." Right. So it's a lot, lot of hand-holding. And I, I'm talking, like, the speakers in the summit, these are executives from Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, every single one of them. And, you know, for them, it was still, hold, uh, you know, a lot of being there to help them out to get in there. And then even with AR, AR is a little bit easier because, you know, it's on a mobile device, but still it's a lot about the customer journey. Is. A lot of people don't like downloading apps these days. So how do you get someone into an AR experience without downloading an app? Well, there's QR codes, and but the thing is, you know, you, you want to make people excited about doing these sort of things. So the, a few of the things that we do is we'll make a creative QR code. So if a company's logo is a tree, we'll embed that QR code into a tree that says scan me, right? And so just little things that make people excited to try out these experiences and get into AR and VR for the first time. It's really thinking how, what what's going to happen from the time that they hear about immersive technology to the time that they actually start using it. And that gap in between from when they hear about it to when they start using it is very critical in the adoption of these technologies.
2: Because it can be scary and if people are scared, they're not going to want to try it. So a lot of these speakers too, like I've been on the phone with them and walking them through opening, like unboxing the Oculus, putting it on, turning it on, setting it up because yeah, a lot of like, you know, it's, it's a new thing.
1: For sure. Uh, so actually you've talked about this or alluded to it for a little bit. But uh, Mar, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. What is the Global HR Summit?
2: Um, the Global HR Summit, basically, it's a community collective of people coming together from the HR side and the XR side, coming together to help change the world and the future of work. Because since COVID, we can all admit like work work's broken. It's been broken long before, and now we have an opportunity to rewrite how it's gonna be in the future. Um, so yeah, it's it's a collective of all these people coming together and to try and make this technology more adaptable and to bring it into the workplace and create a more human-centric workplace um, for everyone
3: yeah and, and so um the genesis of this summit like when we when we went back to it was um we have a company that operates uh, in xr have multiple fortune 500 clients creating end-to-end solutions but we wanted to connect people and we had a chance to meet one of our colleagues who's been in the corporate world and executive at, you know, uh, some of the the top uh, world's largest companies. And he felt that things like diversity and inclusion and community and the ethical implications of hiring talent. And a lot of these things in the corporate world were broken as well. And so we started talking about what immersive technology can do for all of these things, what it can do for creating empathy and what it can do for creating connection. And they call it HR. It's human resources. It's how can we make the workplace more human in a time where a lot of people are automating things, where a lot of people are doing digital transformation processes that are cutting humans out of the equation. We wanted to show how immersive technologies, AR and VR can actually be used by humans to create better workplaces for humans, right? And so this is where, and the coronavirus was, you know, we say it was the perfect time to start talking about it because society itself right now is demanding change. They're demanding change uh, on a lot of fronts. And when we started talking to the people who are speaking at our summit, and you know, you guys have seen the list, uh, Tom Furness, we have um, Alvin Draylin from HTC, we have speakers from Google, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Uh, Tom Emmerich from 8th wall, a lot of the top leaders in the space talking about the same thing, how AR and VR can make workplaces more human centric and how they can connect people in people in a deeper and more meaningful way. And, you know, we have topics like building a healthy relationship with technology. We have topics like the ethical implications of talent analytics. Um, we have uh, topics like diversity, inclusion, and community using uh, immersive technologies. You know, and then we have topics, you know, even ranging from parenting, what's the new normal after COVID, right? So a wide range of topics, but the intersection of most of the topics is how we can use AR and VR to and MR to enhance the workplace and especially enhance remote work.
0: Yeah, just a couple of questions there for both of you. In an average day, how much time do you and your employees uh, actually spend in a headset? Just roughly.
3: Um, so anywhere from about one to two hours a day. So what we're seeing is about 45 minutes is the optimal amount of time for someone to spend in a headset for one session. Same with Mara, you spend around the same time?
2: Yeah, I spend around the same time. I'm doing a lot of things in alt space with meetings and meetups. And also, yeah, like, um, like I said, with the taking breaks. I do meditation in VR now. It's a new thing, which is very cool. And I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. So what, one other follow-on question, you briefly mentioned some of the topics that are going to be, uh, discussed during the conference. And one of those was around ethics. How do you see privacy concerns being, being eliminated? You know, a lot of folks are very interested in privacy, uh, maybe not so much in North, North America, but a lot in Europe. Do you have any ideas or any thoughts there on privacy?
3: Yeah, so uh, I think it's going to be especially more important um, for uh, these frameworks to be developed around privacy, especially in the virtual world. Because now you can be a person in a virtual world, but as an avatar, you can take any shape or form um, and interact in these environments, right? So I don't know what the answer is to that right now, but I do know that it is going to be the responsibility of some of these large companies who are um, creating the environments to facilitate these online and virtual meetups. I know that it's going to be the responsibility to ensure that everybody is protected and everybody is safe and everybody feels that they are able to participate in this virtual world without um, you know without any of their data or their information being exposed or them being exposed to um, you know anyone that can create vulnerabilities right it's uh, I don't know the exact answer but I do know it's going to be very important because you're not now not just a person typing behind a keyboard you're now an actual avatar in a virtual world where you can get hurt where you can get offended and where you can uh, you know give up more things than you can just behind a keyboard you know it, it you have to take emotions and it, yourself as a person into account now because being in these virtual environments does create a lot more empathy and connection and bonds between people right
4: you know on that point interestingly i i um recently gave a, uh, a lecture at the university at the foster school of the university of washington um on virtual collaboration and it was interesting it was a whole zoom session right um, where everyone's, uh, you could see people's background. And I noticed or a lot of the feedback I got back were from the women in the group that were very open to VR because they're not, no longer giving away their background um, and the details of their house. It made them feel uncomfortable. Whereas an avatar, they felt a lot more comfortable with. Uh, now, I'd love to know your thoughts, other positives and negatives.
3: There's a lot of uh, positives as well, uh, you know, especially like you said, not uh, where, especially in Zoom, you can put a uh, a background where you're in a plane now or you know a different environment. So yeah, it used uh, used correctly as well. There's a lot of positives uh, coming out of it too, right? It's just uh, I'm always very cautious because, like you said, especially in Europe, the the privacy laws are um, pretty strict. But uh, especially in this world, everybody wants to feel safe and comfortable in these in these environments, right? So um vr of course so many positives uh just always got to look out for also like we said the things that can undermine it especially now um you know I, i always try to have the devil's advocate type of type of view because we're waiting for mass adoption of these technologies right and it's it's the same reason why we try to do quality work in vr and ar is if we don't uh take the responsibility to develop only the highest end experiences that have like some sort of utility or use case in the world it's not going to lead to mass adoption and same with if there's privacy concerns if people don't feel safe in these environments that's also not going to help lead to mass adoption of the technologies right so i I always come with a a safety first approach i guess great points
1: you know i I think uh, i wonder if we're mansplaining here uh mara is there other things that we should definitely consider uh, are we doing enough? Um, are we not doing enough?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, with any new kind of technology or platform, there's always a new opportunity for criminals and stuff to to be criminals and steal data and whatever that happens in this world and it happens in the virtual world. And uh, any precautions, yeah, just be be careful and uh, use your intuition and stuff when, when on these platforms and just stay safe. Because I've come across some weird, weird instances in virtual reality. And the thing about v- the virtual world is right now, there's no real code of ethics or anything right now. It's a whole new thing, a whole new world. So yeah, it's a lot of learning. I know there's a lot of like communities and stuff that are focused on the bullying and the cyber stuff like this, so it's good. But yeah, just uh, be cautious, use caution. And it's, it's. I mean, it's nothing different from this world <laughs> per se.
1: Yeah, as, uh, as companies look to use more XR solutions in this space, um, are there very specific considerations that HR teams should really look at in using XR solutions, either for work, collaboration or or just uh, a mental break uh, from from the from the routine?
3: Uh, when it comes to immersive solutions, uh, one of the things uh, that like we said to consider is uh, what sort of uh, say if you're looking at virtual reality, what sort of headset you want to deploy? So uh, you know th- there's a lot of different options, whether it be, um, from the Oculus Quest, which is an untethered headset, to the Vive and the Rift and the Windows Mixed Reality headsets that are tethered headsets. And there's pros and cons to each one, you know, um, you, know you have the freedom without wires uh, for some of them. And the other ones you have the benefit of having um, more immersive, hyper real cinematic experiences, right? So it, it's a lot about um, where you're going to be deploying these experiences, what the use is. And the, the quality that you want to to have in these experiences. So, uh, you know, the Oculus Quest is the one that a lot of people have been using for this summit because uh, they don't. Uh, we don't want them to have to take an extra step to buy a computer or a PlayStation or something else to tether it to. So, uh, one of the biggest considerations. You know, I, I had a great meeting yesterday about uh, a real estate company wanting to create a virtual sales center. And so this was the exact conversation we had. They're like, oh, we want to do virtual reality instead of sales center. I was like, all right, well, one, how much room do you have to really have people walk around this virtual sales center? To, uh, are you going to ensure that this cord is this long? Or um, you know, have you considered, um, where uh, are these people going to be sitting? Are they going to be standing? Or how many people are you going to have at the same time? A lot of things around creating a comfortable space For someone trying to use a virtual headset and also around uh, what motions or what are the types of things that they're going to be doing in these virtual environments and also to the point you know is this by a window where it's uh you know it's going to be too hot or too cold or you know in in the room just a lot of considerations about what the end use case is and how um how it's going to be deployed so you can basically um start creating the environment around that as well
4: so I wouldn't mind getting into a little bit more into the use cases for HR. I mean, I, clearly, I think a lot of the, uh, and as you've gone through this, a lot of the use cases you're you're mapping out are around training and collaboration. Have you seen anything in the terms of other HR type functions like uh, setting up mentorship circles or um, new hire orientation, um, even uh, employee counseling uh, and corporate mental health? what what are the most prevalent use cases that you're seeing in terms of the hr sector
3: so in the hr sector seeing a lot of use cases like we said the ones we've touched on are about virtual conferences virtual uh interviews and training but uh, especially for mental health virtual counseling um, where you can create scenarios for employees so you know um, uh, scenarios where you can deal with like diversity and inclusion and where you can deal with scenarios that are difficult to deal with where you can put someone in an environment where the racial interaction or, or some sort of racial slur happening so that you can learn how to manage it without it actually happening right so you can do a lot of scenario based training and like you said for mental health and counseling one of the, i sit on the board of a, a mental health uh and mental health organization Canada. So it's very big for me as well, but what you can do for uh, treatment resistant depression, what you can do for anxiety using these virtual platforms, there's a few great ones out there that you can be put into a very calming environment and using some of the feedback that they're getting from that they're constantly improving and iterating on these environments. So um, what you can do, you know, as Mara said as well, she uses it for meditation now in the mornings. So. Um, there's a lot you can do, Yeah, especially for mental health. You can do a lot for counseling. You can use virtual reality for board meetings. You know uh, What we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be doing virtual sales using virtual reality. We're gonna be shipping our clients headsets and getting them to meet us in a virtual environment, giving them the training, meeting in an environment, and then doing virtual sales uh, using virtual reality. And then as well, uh, so virtual reality is one aspect. But also in terms of augmented reality, what you can do for virtual training is, you know, you you can have smart environments where, you know, you can, uh, if you're trying to train using augmented reality and say you're in a facility that has a lot of heavy machinery on it, what you can do is the machinery can have barcodes on it and every piece of machinery you can go scan with your phone pops up a video on how to use that machinery in the safest way, right? Mm-hmm. So augmented reality as well is huge in the in the training space and uh, uh, to be integrated into human resources. That's great. That's
4: great. Um, do you see certain sectors that are experimenting with this more so than others?
3: Yes. So what we're seeing is in terms of virtual training and virtual education um, and virtual onboarding is huge in the corporate world. So a, a lot of big companies are using this, like uh, Walmart is one of the biggest examples, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, they're, they're doing a lot of work in the virtual training space, um, you know, where employees can get onboarded before they ever before they ever start their job um, and start getting onboarded in a virtual environment. And same with Kentucky Fried Chicken, where you can start learning to make burgers using augmented reality and virtual reality. So you can be onboarded before starting your job, right? So that, that's what's happening in terms of virtual training, um, we're actually talking to a facility right now. uh, They're a major fruit processing plant that's gonna be expanding internationally. And they wanted to build out a virtual version of their fruit processing plant that they're starting in Australia. And their their overheads are typically 150 to 200,000 a month per facility. And so um, when they typically onboard their workers, they have about four months of training. And so what we're gonna do is long before their plant is built, we're gonna get their workers training in virtual reality, which is gonna save them a huge chunk of expenses, four months worth actually of rent. And their workers can almost start the job immediately when the
4: when the plant opens. So oh that's huge. That's huge. We had I had a uh, some of some of the use cases that I built for in the past is future platform for the Defense Department before they were ever built. Um and the huge cost savings you, you can incur from training before uh, deployment. It's great that that's happening in the commercial sector as well. It's also a great example that as we re, uh, start to reopen in phases
1: of how do you train uh, new processes, uh, new ways to interact without actually having to put employees at risk. Um, oftentimes, as we look at especially essential workers, we kind of forget how much risk they put themselves into into exposure uh, every time they go in and, and the ability to actually maybe hopefully mitigate some of that uh, and also try new things out. So it's not just about going in, um, it's also learning and seeing how we can uh, interact in that space. Uh, of course, there's always a parallel in XR when it comes to use cases and training. Uh, training is it continues to be one of the top uses for VRs in, in particular, and, and a lot of those AR examples as well. So as companies uh, invest in a known ROI with training, uh, there seems to be also a great opportunity to use those investment in headsets for more people-first solutions, like uh, like you would have in HR, and really kind of a last question here for the group: um, What else can we be doing for HR for the people um, using VR and uh, and AR?
3: For me, what I think can be especially important is team building inside VR. So there's a lot of applications of VR where you can go shoot some hoops, or you can go uh, throw some darts against a wall, or You know, you can do various exercises inside virtual reality. I think what's going to be really important is to for organizations to be able to keep their culture is to start building their teams and start developing those bonds and that empathy and that connection from all of their remote employees and colleagues by team building inside virtual reality.
2: For me, I think uh, in terms of like COVID and everything with everyone working remotely and everyone being isolated during remote work, people may feel a bit lonelier. My best advice um, and what I'm exploring as well is building communities in VR and um, meeting up with people and interacting in that way. Um, Cause that's gonna be very powerful in terms of uh, building community, collecting data and the future of where
0: all this stuff is going. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, so maybe in the future, not too distant future, will have uh instead of youtubers you'll have folks that are in vr uh being the celebrities almost and that opens it up to anyone in the world right
3: that's what we're saying you know like um joe rogan got on to podcasting 10 years ago before it was a thing and look look where he is now and we see we see gary v got onto youtube when it was uh when it was just starting right and these people have blown up. And so we really try to encourage people down this path as well with it. I use this exact same line. I say, look at Joe Rogan, look at Gary v. I was like, the opportunity is wide open in VR right now, right? And so we've started our, our weekly meetup on Thursdays uh, in Altspace is one leading up to this conference, but two, we do have a meetup weekly where we're talking specifically about HR uh, in, in VR. So, you know, Thursday nights at six o'clock, if you guys ever want to join us. It's going to be an ongoing, continuous conversation. We bring some of our speakers in. Like last week, we had uh, one of our speakers um, uh, from IBM. He's a, a senior executive at IBM, That's speaking cool. uh, speaking about HR and VR. And so this is going to be an ongoing series as well. So um, what we what we're talking about building communities in VR where you just have a way to have an open dialogue with a lot of um, a lot of like-minded people around the world. But where it's not a Zoom call, where you're actually face to face with them, you can see their hands and their eyes, right? So it's uh, these are the types of things that um, you know we think are going to be especially powerful. And you know, uh, everyone here as well, and anybody listening, we'd love to invite you to even come start the, come either listen to the dialogue or join in the dialogue on these uh, Thursday afternoons.
1: Nev, how how can uh, listeners uh, uh, that are interested actually find out more? Well, how, how can they get in touch if they want to participate?
3: Um, So, one, if they're an Altspace member, uh, go into Altspace, and you'll see on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we have a Global HR Summit meetup.
2: It's called HR in VR meetup.
3: Yeah, it's called HR in VR meetup, or go to www.globalhrsummit.com, and if you want to reach out to us specifically, you can find us on Genius Ventures on LinkedIn or Instagram or our website, geniusventuresinc.com
4: i think what you guys are saying is so on point um you know I've, I've had some clients asking me for uh virtual offsites um in vr and uh i think i'm gonna have to get in, get on the phone with you after this podcast and talk a little bit more <laughs> yeah no
3: at any time we love this industry right so it's uh there's a lot of a lot of insight that we've gained especially you know trying to onboard 30 or 40 different people who had never been in VR. And just, yeah, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge we gained, especially from Microsoft's end about what's happening in all space and for VR. But the one thing we can say, it's a very exciting space. And, uh, you know, it, I still call it the wild west. There's, they say the spatial internet is gonna be a hundred times larger than the internet itself. So we're at the very, very beginning of it. So there's a lot of opportunities for all of us, I think. And I would invite you guys, Let's uh, let's do a VR podcast together. <laughs> so me and uh, me and one of our colleagues are actually doing one next Tuesday. He's got a he's got a podcast called Thinking Outside the Thinking
2: uh, Inside the Thinking
3: Inside the Box, inside the box <laughs> podcast, and we're actually filming his first uh, session inside VR
4: next Tuesday. So I love it. Yeah. Can I can I can I have max headroom at my avatar?
3: <laughs> yeah, you can have your avatar as whatever you'd want to look like. <laughs>
2: The beauty of virtual reality. Yeah, the beauty
3: of virtual reality. That's awesome, guys.
1: There's so much excitement, uh, especially in the XR space, being kind of, you know, that that wild, wild west. Um, what advice do you have for our listeners um, that uh, want to either build uh, solutions for XR for enterprise or are HR professionals themselves and thinking about uh, these XR solutions?
3: The, the one piece of advice that I especially have is be very considerate about whether what you're building has some sort of use case or utility in the world, or are you just building it for the sake of building it, right? Because right now, like I said, it's especially important, uh, while we're waiting for the mass adoption of these technologies, is take into consideration the customer journey, how hard or difficult it's going to be for someone to start or begin these experiences. And two, what's the actual outcome is, you know, we always say with augmented reality, if you're going to bring a photo to life, uh, you know, a trigger based experience, if you're going to bring a photo to life with a video, what's the point of that? You know, are, are you going to have your logo come to life and then that it stops there? Or are you going to have your logo come to life with a video that says learn more and there's a button that leads to your website, right? So there's always that one little extra step you can do to engage the user and to ensure that, you know, uh, that this leads somewhere. And you want to be very careful about how the people get it, uh, how the end user gets into these experiences and then also what comes out of the back end as well. So as long as you're being thoughtful about, um, you know, the entire journey from end to end, I think um, everybody will be uh, you know, successful in deploying these experiences.
2: Yeah, Nav, you said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I'm coming from a marketing background um, as well. I'm all about the customer journey. Um, so I completely agree with that. And also just having a clear uh, CTA, a clear call to action and goal of specific purpose of what you want to accomplish. And then mapping out the customer journey to be as easy and concise as possible because AR and VR are new technologies and people, if they get a bit lost or confused, they're going to drop off. You know and so it's all about being as clear, clear concise and it's all about the customer journey
1: welcome like a true marketer mara <laughs> definitely <laughs> a clear call to action uh, is always needed and especially now as we get more and more excited about all the many things we can do Um, That's awesome, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, Nav and Mara, thanks so much for joining us. You guys are doing some really amazing work, uh, both in terms of Genius Ventures, but also with the HR Global Summit. Um, You know, These topics, when you put XR professionals with actual practitioners and their expertise together, I feel like that's where we really start to see the magic really come to life, uh, as opposed to building for an audience, actually bringing the audience there together. So many great topics to talk about, not in terms of just solutions, but What are we also thinking about about privacy, inclusion, and those various topics? I look forward to the summit. Um, What's the best way if someone wants to attend the summit? How can they do that?
3: www.globalhrsummit.com, and or find Global HR Summit on LinkedIn, um, and you'll be led to um, all the information and the pages. And uh, we got a lot of good information and stats and all that coming out. And uh, especially if they want to learn about the space, um, if uh, anybody that signs up, we'll be sending them an ebook about HR and VR, uh, HR and immersive technologies after. So we we had a few of our MBA researchers pull about 30 pages of research on how the two industries meet as well. And like we said, we, we wanted to democratize access to this event. That's why we only made it $49 and $99 for three days uh, you know you see a lot of events out there that are 600 dollars zoom, zoom call for six or seven hours and we made it free for educators and students as well so this this main one is the more people we get in that are paying all of the don't all of the uh proceeds go to the virtual world society run by tom furness um and then two we do want to get it to as many students and educators as possible using the code students in vr so that uh, they can attend. So if you guys know any universities or colleges that you want to give this to, uh, please feel free. We really want as many people attending as possible, especially students because they are the future of the industry. That's great, guys. Well, you know,
1: someone's a true XR community member when uh, you think about the community first and try to get more people on board uh, versus just trying to make a quick buck. So thank you guys so much. And uh, you also know you're an XR nerd when you're always disappointed when these podcasts end. But that's all the time we have for today guys thanks so much and for those of you guys listening thank you for for listening and that's all we have today for xrc pod you can find us on xrcpod.com or wherever you find your podcast. thank you guys
2: thank you